Hello and welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about some of our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tutor. And this week we are back with a special and this special is all about technology podcasts. And I am going to be taking the lead on this one, um, mainly because I've got a bit of a background and a history with them, um, not least because I my first job out of university out of my journalism degree was working on a technology magazine and one of my first jobs on the technology magazine was to take over the uh producing um duties for our magazine's podcast which was a tech podcast obviously Mm. so i have this kind of little bit of background and podcasting for me started by listening to technology podcasts specifically the wired um, UK podcast, which I've long since stopped listening to, and I'm sure it's changed a lot since then because I feel like when I first started listening to it, it was in the very early days of podcasting. I'm not even sure Wired in the UK actually had a podcast studio at that point. I'm pretty sure they regularly made reference to the fact that they what like, year are we were in the cupboard. About? I'm going to say it's got to be like 2012, maybe. Right, yeah. Early so. Days. Yeah, I think they regularly made reference to the fact that they were recording from a, like a stuffy cupboard. Um, <laughs> and indeed, like when my magazine had a podcast, we recorded from the basement, which was just a bit dingy and damp and all the rest of it. And there was an ancient iMac down there that we used to record onto. Um, <laughs> and look at and you was, now. And look at me now. I'm still in a cupboard. Um <laughs> This one's got soundproof in there. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, so I have this kind of like affinity to tech podcasts. But over the years, I've definitely found, obviously, as my tastes have widened, as we started doing this show, and I've got lots of recommendations from lots of people, My I've moved away from tech podcasts quite a lot. And I don't listen to any particularly regularly anymore, with the exception of one or two, um, of which two of them are definitely on there so on this on this list of recommendations i've got here today cool so we're going to get through to them all um jack what what's your kind of background if if any with tech podcasts uh i don't really have much of a background with tech podcasts per se but i guess i have a background of listening to a lot of productivity podcasts which a lot of the time end up being largely about technology because technology being used to you know expedite certain tasks and make everything more efficient so i Mm. guess it's more that i've listened to podcasts that concern technology as a sort of conduit to another subject so again maybe something to do with science perhaps technology featuring in science like medical technology and whatnot and maybe philosophy as well where you're talking about ai and the ethics of ai but oh and i guess important if true as well you know podcast Mm. which takes a sort of humorous look at technology as well but i've never really listened to technology podcasts head-on because it sort of reaches a point where it's technology for its own sake and yeah when you know not to tease this too much but when it gets to the point where it's like talking about rumored revamps of the ipad home screen i'm just like that's that's the line that i don't really cross where it's like i don't know what that offers me i mean particularly because i don't have an ipad but i mean just generally as well (laughs) like there's a there's a sort of thing where technology is the object of discussion where i'm just like you've lost me here but that well that was my opinion before listening to these podcasts we'll see if that's changed at all yeah, I think I think you've perhaps identified the point where uh, those kind of podcasts that go from being quite mainstream um, appeal to being quite niche. Yes. Um, yes. And I think you do have to have an interest in technology for technology's sake to cross that line and still find it valuable and enjoyable on the same level as you perhaps found the mainstream aspect of it yeah i mean don't get me wrong i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all either Mm. it's just not something that is in within my sphere of interest 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's the same as like true crime podcasts. There's only so much right. I want to hear about murder, and then I, I right. start switching off and not finding it not appealing. Whereas other people who are, well, I was not going to say really into murder. They might be. I mean, I don't know, but uh, really into true crime. Yeah, will carry on listening and find that valuable. I think it's that's totally fine. That's just that's just that, that's just down to what you're into, isn't it? Exactly. It's not about the quality of the podcast or anything like that. It's down to what you're into. You do um, you. And speaking of that kind of mainstream and niche thing, I think there's kind of like two types. I mean, there's two sides to a podcast, like we've just said. Like there's the part of it that has the mainstream appeal and there's the times when it stretches into kind of a niche area. Um, But I think there's kind of two types of technology podcast. I think they roughly fall into one or two categories. Some sit straight down the middle, but most of them roughly fall into one or two categories. So I think you've got podcasts that are driven by the technology news agenda, and are generally a conversation between two or more people about the technology news of the day or of the week or of the month. And then you've got podcasts that drive the news agenda. And they might, they're obviously not driving it in the same way that Apple releasing a product to drive the news agenda, but podcasts that talk about technology in a way that is reporting on technology news for the first time. It's not discussing stuff that's already been purported on. Right, it's creating the news rather than discussing the news. Yeah. So I definitely think I've got one example of each in there. And I think I've, there's also a podcast in here that I think sort of straddles the line between the two um, because it's not necessarily news-based, but yeah. it's not necessarily creating new news at the same time, perhaps. There's also... Um the I think there's technology we use and then technology we inhabit as well, isn't there? As two different distinctions, because mm. a lot of uh, when we say technology podcasts, my thought goes to cons- consumer technology. And right. what's interesting about your choice, your choices here is there's also technology as it exists around us and in the world we live, and the climate mm-hmm. of you know, well, our technological climate basically, which is it? Yeah, another interesting distinction, but. Yeah, we should we should dive in, Fred. Yeah, um, and then the final thing I should say is that like the, the the last the three episode the three different episodes from three different shows I've 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 chosen here are by no means indicative of the entire spectrum of technology podcasting within the genre. Uh-huh. Um, I think you know. Uh, for a start, I've chose two podcasts from the same podcast network, so that's there's no there's certainly some limitation here in terms of what I've picked. I've just picked stuff that I really enjoy, and there's just so much stuff. I think technology as a subject lends itself very well to podcasting because podcasting, by its own nature, is technology. So mm-hmm. it was only natural that the first podcasts that came out were often technology podcasts and the, the the early adopters of podcasting as a format were people who were interested in tech or worked in tech or reporting on tech it just makes sense um yeah good point. so there's a lot more to discover i think we're probably talking about maybe 10 percent of what's possible within the genre of technology podcasts here so you know we'll, we'll give all our details at the end but if you're listening to this and you're kind of screaming at your car dashboard or wherever you are hopefully you're not screaming in work but if you are screaming <laughs> uh, the name of a podcast that we've quite blatantly missed from this show please let us know because either i've listened to it and it just didn't make the cut or i i haven't listened to it in which case i'd love to or we've um, talked about it on episode party before so give that a scroll through as well because we have covered yes. technology podcasts in the past yeah. as well quite a few of them yeah and i think my first recommendation is not too dissimilar although it has some really big differences at the same time but it is similar in terms of style or perhaps philosophy to um a previous podcast we've discussed which was um the verge cast yeah um and you know this firmly falls into this category of podcasts that are driven by the news agenda that involve two or more people having a chat about the stories of the day so my first recommendation is a podcast on the relay fm network and the podcast is upgrade so it's hosted by uh, Really FM co-founder and episode party alumnus Mike Hurley, yeah. um, who was on with us for I think episode ten. That's right, episode ten, Jack. We're on like recording episode forty-eight here. Blimey, um, I know. And um, Jason Snell, who is kind of like an Apple uh, journalism veteran, um, who was had a long tenure at MacWorld and then went independent. So he has an incredible wealth of knowledge about all things Apple. And um, unsurprisingly, the podcast ends up being very much about Apple. It's not exclusively about Apple, but 
the vast majority of the show, I'd say, ends up having some kind of relationship to Apple in its own way. And that suits me fine because that's where my biases kind of lie. Like, I've been a a user of Apple products for a long time. And like I say, my first job out of university was writing for a technology magazine all about Apple products. So this falls right into my wheelhouse. And I think, you know, in that sense, it's similar to something like the Vergecast because Jason and Mike pick up on stories that are about apple or something vaguely related to apple or other technology and they talk about them but i think that that's kind of where the similarity ends it's quite a broad similarity but i think beyond that i think the thing that i love about this podcast is how friendly and conversational it is it feels quite accessible even when they do start talking about the niche stuff i think Mike, I know from listening to other podcasts that he does and obviously having him on as a guest is very, very good at talking and explaining things in a way that is open and accessible to a wide audience. You don't need to be an expert in the way that he's able to um, articulate himself and describe things and indeed ask questions of his guests and his co-hosts and have these kind of lead these discussions. And I think that's probably why he's very successful at what he does. And that's probably why Relay FM's very successful, because actually I think that kind of conversational and accessible thread tends to actually flow through quite a few of their podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. So... Again, the episode I chose, um, I, I could have been any because I think, you know, the, the format is very much set and I think each episode has, you know, its own redeeming qualities. But I chose um, an episode which was number 232, De-Emphasis on Trees. Um, all of the <laughs> podcast titles um, just come from kind of like funny or irreverent little phrases that one of them will say during the episode um (laughs) and sometimes they're really really funny and sometimes they're brilliantly cryptic because you think what on earth are they actually on about yeah and then halfway through the episode you'll hear that phrase and it's like this one the emphasis on trees comes as part of a longer sentence yeah it's It's actually part of a list yeah and it's like and you go ah okay yeah i'm with you now that's what you're talking about and actually It makes total sense. I don't. I, I kind of. I'm, part of me wants to explain it because I have my own thoughts and opinions on trees and the de-emphasis of trees in this particular context. But <laughs> I also don't want to give it away, and I'd, I'd quite like people to try and work out what it's on about. Yeah. So, um, you know. And what I will say about this is, although this is a news show, I don't think there's any harm in going back into the archives to an extent. Yeah, you're going to get bored if you go back to 2017 or whatever, or 2018. I don't actually know when this started. But if you go back a couple of years, you're going to get a bit bored maybe listening to stuff that's, you know, by now confirmed or completely wrong or whatever else. But I don't think listening to an episode from a month ago or a few weeks ago is going to harm you. You no. don't have to just listen to the most recent one. I think there are there's some real redeeming facts for listening to older ones. So um, the episode itself always starts with this kind of segment called Snell Talk, um, where people tweet in questions to ask Jason Snell. And there are some really, really good ones. And there are um, ones that are a bit more... Uh, they're really generic questions and they're really like niche ones. So the the episode I was listening to, the most recent episode today, the Snell Talk question was, when you're wearing your headphones, which one do you take out of your ear first? And oh, that got into Jesus a really like, Christ. I know, I know, which sounds ridiculous. And in, to some extent it is, but they actually talked about how it was quite a good, like a well-poised question for this segment, because actually it sparked some interesting discussions about the usability of different types of headphones and stuff like that. And that was quite interesting. <laughs> so it's funny how they get to there. Um, and then they generally go on to discuss kind of different news stories. So in this um, episode, they discuss Angela Arendt's, the uh, previous Apple retail chief, her departure from Apple. Uh, they talk about a little bit about Spotify's investment in podcasting, although for perhaps obvious reasons, they're a little bit hush-hush about their full thoughts and opinions on that. And they get into a really interesting discussion as well about Apple and Disney and their latest kind of streaming strategies. There's a lot of recurring talk, and I think it actually has its own section now um, in the show, which I think is called Download. I could be wrong on that. But they talk quite specifically about streaming media and you know specifically streaming television and film. Um, and the different services and uh, players in that space. And then the kind of big discussion is this idea of um, the iPad's home screen getting a bit of a revamp and they kind of have a bit of a chat about things they'd quite like to see in that. So that is a very long-winded explanation of the episode and the podcast. Jack, what did you think? Yeah, well, so my, my exposure to this podcast, 
up to this point has been i mean firstly the fact that i'm obviously aware of what relay fm do and secondly my stepdad is really into this podcast and tells oh. me about it when he listens to it i think he he uses it as something that he has on while he's doing other stuff which i think is something mm. that these form of podcasts work really well with because as you say it's really conversational it's not just like bam 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 news 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 it's something which i think can occupy that sort of background level of consciousness and you can just sort of filter in over the course of the hour or so that it's playing because these these podcasts are quite long aren't they they're like 60 to 70 minutes yeah and you just have two people talking for that entire time which is as you say very much the relay signature like the relay fm signature which is they generally just get a bunch of people together in front of microphones it's very crisply produced and they Mm. just have a chat and you know the the conversations tend to be very structured so they have you know some show notes that they share between them and then they kind of stay on the rails they deviate a little bit but they bring it back to the main topic and it works an absolute treat like i think as a a means of like as a format it's wicked i think it's so good and what i like as well is obviously they're so as you say there's a lot of apple fixation within the relay podcast family i mean they're not all about apple stuff but i think any of the podcasts that's hosted by say mike hurley um and it's about technology will ultimately have like a lot of apple in it but you Mm. know for a brand that really values consistency uh, consistency and simplicity i think it makes a lot of sense that that's also baked into the relay fm dna as well um yeah i had an all right time with this i mean i think i just like enjoying two people who are very adept podcasters just doing their thing and having a a long-winded conversation and i think as i've already said there's a level of granularity around tech like talking about ipad home screens and not even that the rumors and what they like to see where i'm Mm. just like i just cannot fathom what output this has that i would find interesting and yet you know i didn't mind sharing their company while they spoke about that stuff um Mm. what one thing i do find interesting and I, i definitely think that this is something that will be can be leveled against us as well freddie doing this podcast is that you really notice the fact that they're recording the podcast remotely so obviously i imagine they probably have a similar setup to what we do so they have something like skype and then they have their microphones and they chat you know without seeing each other and Mm. i think what you get is a conversation style which is very specific to that form of talking where people are talking like i am now for quite a long period of time and then swapping over to the other person because there are certain conversational cues that are missing which would allow a more rapid fire conversation and you do get those points where mike is speaking and then he comes to a stop and there's a very deliberate kind of awkward silence as they realize that neither of them has anything more to say and then they carry on it's so interesting to hear that happen and i don't think it's to the detriment of the podcast because actually i think the they build these conversations with that in mind but it's just something i picked up i think in particular while listening to this one um I thought the stuff about the Spotify podcast acquisition stuff was really interesting. And I thought it was made even more interesting by the fact that Mike, being someone who owns a podcast business, was unable to really talk about much of it because he had, you know, a vested interest. Um, I thought they navigated that conversation really well. And Mm -hmm. uh, I thought a lot of the points they made was incredibly interesting. And I think Mike pulled on a lot of his expertise as someone who's been in the podcasting business for so long that was really interesting to me i think the stuff about uh apple the changes of personnel around the top actually as soon as they started talking about that headline i was very much like ready to switch off because i didn't think it would be of interest but again they they did go on to i think talk about the repercussions of that in a really interesting way Mm. so yeah it's not a podcast that i would pick up i think often because it's 70 minutes that focuses on something that i don't think i have a direct interest in but i like I do find with these Relay podcasts, I just admire the way that they go about what they do. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's the that's the one thing that I, I do really enjoy about them. It's not just about reporting on the news, you know, just effectively regurgitating headlines. They do go beyond that. And I think that example with uh, Angela Arantz and uh, her departure from Apple was a really, really good one because Mm. especially Jason has some really, really interesting opinions on the reactions around that. 
and um, people's kind of commentary on that and what that means. And I think that yeah. only comes from someone of his kind of stature and his kind of experience as a as a journalist in that covers Apple for as long as he has. They've definitely got some really interesting stuff in there. And um, yeah, it is it is a super niche. Apple retail chief personnel changes is a super niche topic. But I can tell you uh, from a man on the inside here myself, uh, <laughs> if you are um, if you are a, an Apple um, fan person like me, uh, you might find that stuff really really interesting. As a, as a former journalist who covered Apple, um, Apple's uh, retail stuff is really really interesting. Uh, they're um, uh, original chief of retail who featured on um, Gimlet show recently that I'm actually about to recommend on a possibly uh, future yeah. episode. I don't know where we are right now. We're in a time warp, but he 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 departed and they replaced him with a guy. I think his name was John Browett, who was the at the time like the chief executive of Dixon's. Do you remember Dixon's? <laughs> yeah, I do remember Dixon's. Yeah. And yeah. so like everyone in the UK kind of knew what was coming. And I don't think anyone at Apple did because it didn't really work <laughs> out very well. It just wasn't quite the right cultural fit. And uh, he he left and then uh, it took a while. And then they got Angela Arantz in, who, is the, who was the former um, CEO of Burberry, um, which yes. is a total kind of left field play because, um, you know, Dixon's, you can sort of understand, at least from a technology perspective, even if it wasn't the same kind of caliber or cultural fit. But um, Burberry was a total left field play. But it did kind of make sense because it was at a time when they just released like the Apple Watch, which is very much, especially the kind of high end models are very much more a fashion statement. You get the nice kind of like expensive ones with the Milanese loops and they do a lot of Hermes uh, watch bands and stuff like that. So it kind of made sense that she would come in. So her leaving and uh, the the gap being filled by the former, well, the, the SVP, the Senior Vice President of Operations at Apple. Oh, SVP of People, sorry. So she's like kind of uh, the HR type head of Apple is also really interesting because, again, it's kind of like another zag um, on top of the previous zig. So... Um, <laughs> It's, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking and talking, and I think everyone else is switching off now because I'm getting into that niche kind of um, area. But, uh, if I, yeah, I can tell you that, that, that from an Apple perspective, it's very interesting, and I, I do appreciate the way they talk about it. Okay, next recommendation. Um, this is another Relay show, so I won't kind of labour the format too much this time because I think we've kind of got the gist of it mm-hmm. um, but this show is Mac Power Users so no guesses for what the subject matter is if you thought the last podcast was Apple centric you wait boy, until you oh listen boy. to this one <laughs> so this one's hosted by uh, Relay FM co-founder Stephen Hackett who is a former Apple retail or genius bar worker um, turned Apple podcaster and journalist no he has his way. own website 512 Pixels um, which is all about Apple's stuff and uh yeah yeah he was so he's uh he's probably got even more opinions on it although they don't talk about it in this particular episode especially and then david sparks who has come up before in our um 2018 podcast special when i talked about automators yes the podcast automators and uh he um also runs mac sparky which is like a website full of field guides for different kind of mac apps and talks a lot about those um so they're quite well placed really to do a podcast called mac power users because by definition they both are mac power users stephen hackett actually replaced previous uh co-host katie floyd um she departed just before the end of last year um she she kind of uh, retired from the show and stephen hackett took over and i think he's a really good fit for him can um, i ask something at this point yeah. what's a power user well that's an interesting question jack <laughs> um yeah i, I mean I, I think it just defines i do, I, th- I would define it as anyone who goes deeper beyond the day-to-day use of like their their machines so we're talking about people who make changes for changes sake just to see if they can optimize things to the nth degree or you know who are always kind of on the lookout for better apps or uh, different ways of doing it or that kind of one setting that's going to really change things for them on their mac so they're about 
you know, I kind of liken it to people who, you know, I get up in the morning and I get in my car and I drive it somewhere and then I drive it home again. I don't really care too much for the car in general. It gets me from A to B. It allows me to, it's a means to an end. It allows me to do something bigger. And I kind of liken, you know, a Mac power user is the same kind of person who would spend all weekend tinkering with their car, you know, changing and, you know, um, you know, to different spark plugs and stuff like that to try and get the most out of their car. You know, they're kind of people who yeah. perhaps install their own spoilers and stuff like that. Although right. I wouldn't say it's gimmicky. It's more about optimization and getting the very most out of technology. That's, what That's I how I describe it. Yeah. Um, and I would say that I think with this episode, I've chosen, I tried to choose one that was perhaps a bit more accessible than some super deep dive power user stuff. Um, and I thought I'd choose one that hopefully uh, the subject matter was interesting to you in a kind of crossover sense anyway. So the episode I chose was one on fitness apps and tech, um, which I thought, you know, it was interesting for me because I haven't heard it before and um, not this episode anyway. And I thought, oh, that might be quite interesting. And it didn't disappoint, really. I think that effectively the episode, Mac Power users episodes do vary slightly, but this one um, is a good example of the kind of episode where they just go through different technology that they use, different accessories that they use, different apps that they use. They also talk about alternatives to the apps they use as well, um, why they like the, the app that they use over another specific app. So there's a whole segment on this about sleep tracking, for example, and how they use um, sleep tracking apps on their Apple Watches to track their sleep. And that's a really interesting kind of um, field in and of itself. Um, and it's interesting to hear why they chose one app over another. And it's usually down to some quite granular detail in the way that it works or the way that it uh, wakes you up in the morning or something like that and i find that really really interesting personally it's the kind of stuff that i uh, definitely do think about so i think that's why i find it interesting yeah but they're also quite good at going into not necessarily a full and accurate history but like a potted history of the development of specific types of apps so the sleep tracking they talk about where sleep tracking kind of started within the kind of apple ecosystem and where it kind of is now and where it could go um and they talk about apple's acquisition of a sleep tracking uh startup oh yeah um and this episode is again is 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 interesting for yeah the first the reason is that it's mainly just a rundown of different apps and services and accessories and bits of hardware and how they're used but secondly it's not actually really about the Mac at all. It's about iOS and the Apple Watch, which is you yes, know, which true. is totally different. But I would say that you know they they have some fantastic episodes on other stuff as well. Um, there's a really interesting episode which is just actually kind of like effectively a two-hour interview with John Gruber, who is the proprietor of Daring Fireball, which is a in the Apple blogosphere is kind of the top dog of Apple blogging. It's the kind of blog that kind of sets the news agenda for the world of Apple and, in fact, sometimes influences Apple itself. Wow. Um, so they, they have a really long chat with him because he's kind of like a living legend in the world of um, Apple and reporting on Apple. Um, and um, that's an interesting chat in itself. They've got another episode about how they use G Suite, which is Google's suite of apps, to run their businesses, um, which is really interesting. And again, it's not really about the Mac, but it does run on the Mac. So, you know, I think there's a variance here, and I think you'd expect that because they're now on episode 470. So it's not like they've not done many of them and they've still got to, like, cover, you know, quite fertile ground. They are really branching out now and i think that makes total sense um i did say this wasn't going to be as long an explanation hopefully it isn't quite as long but it's still quite long so jack tell me what you thought well firstly 470 episodes is insane i mean how do you know how yeah. long they've been doing it um no not without going back through all 470 but you carry on talking and I'll have a look. <laughs> you have a look i'm very intrigued because yeah jack that's i can it. tell you now it they started on the 5th of may 2009 so they've been going wow. for 10 years which is incredible it was just like them and ricky gervais just alone in podcasting land at that point <laughs> uh, yeah this this i mean you can tell i know that it's not been these two hosts the whole time or you know even up until very recently it wasn't but again just two people who were just masterful podcasters and managed to i think go into a lot of granular detail without getting stuck on it and wedged on it and keep the conversation mm. moving along to the extent where they can get so much covered in an hour i mean they really do cover every aspect 
of how to integrate technology into exercise. I mean, background on me is the fact that I listen to music and podcasts while I exercise, but that's about the extent to which I, I use technology as an accessory to exercise other than, you know, the electricity that powers the treadmill. But mm. it's something that I am very curious about. And this was a really awesome primer of, you know, other than the Fitbit, which is about, you know, and I'm aware that people can use the a Apple Watch for exercise tracking, what other options are available, you know, for, for health and fitness and exercise. And it just runs through absolutely everything. And there's some really awesome takeaways here. Like they talk about, you know, this 5K running app, this kind of mm -hmm. tutorial, which is called, I think it's called Zombies Run which yeah, makes it yeah. sound like you're being chased by zombies yeah. as you're doing your 5K training. I thought that was wonderful. They also mentioned quite a few times about something which I found really interesting, which is the idea of getting credit for your exercise, which I guess is such a currency now with exercise tracking, is that you have this log of what you've done, how fast you've gone, how many calories you've burnt, how long you spent, what time you did it, yada, yada. And you can upload that into a social arena, they talk a lot about sending like rainbows and unicorns to each other as forms of encouragement. And, you know, there's a lot of social interaction around exercise now, even when you're doing it alone, mm. uh, which I thought was really, really interesting. And I've always had a, a kind of unfair skepticism about all of that, where it's yeah. kind of easy to sort of, you know, you're doing it for the stats more so than you're doing it just to get fit and look after yourself. But honestly, I mean, if you're doing the exercise at the end of the day and you've got a bunch of friends who were you know goading you on while you're doing it then who cares and i thought actually <laughs> listening to this podcast and hearing from two people who clearly integrate their lives uh sorry integrate technology into their exercising lives that i was very convinced i thought they made some really interesting arguments i mean i th i think uh David Sparks has just an incredible voice as well, I should say. Yeah. And I recognized him instantly from Automators because it's one of those voices that you hear for about five seconds and you just never forget. Yeah, just two incredibly articulate, concise people who really seem to thrive in this format. And I can see why this podcast has been going on for so long. I think also as well, an interesting point you made is the fact that this is all on iOS stuff, even though it's like a Mac power user's show whereas i guess if you are a mac power user i imagine you're probably using the whole suite of apple products to get you know maximum and optimal integration between all your products anyway aren't you really so this right. is super probably super relevant to anyone who's got a mac because you can probably guess they've got everything else if they call themselves a power user it's true yeah i think so and i think yeah like you say like i said before it's just like it's a product of getting to 470 episodes that you're gonna start straying away quite drastically yeah. from the mac but i think it's a good point that you make which is that actually if you're a mac power user you're probably also quite likely to be using an iphone and a watch and an ipad and all the rest of it so yeah uh, exactly. it's not beyond the realms of possibility that you'll find that just as interesting as stuff about the mac itself um yeah i think i think this this just speaks to kind of like we say like the kind of the common thread running through a lot of relay shows which is that uh, it's people talking about stuff they're incredibly passionate about and also very articulate talking about and they do a really good job of making a conversational show quite like slickly produced and well researched but also you know fairly natural and like you say you get those kind of moments where the the two the, you know you, you finish up on a particular subject and uh, there's there's a small gap and then they carry on but again i i find the whole thing just really really nicely done i should also point out which um i i didn't earlier but uh mike hurley should win some kind of reward for his sponsor reads oh, because he yeah. does them so so well and i mean in the body of like he'll it sounds like he's not like cutting to a bit of audio he pre-recorded he just goes should we do a sponsor break and then just does it there and then yeah <laughs> and I mean, I can only imagine the man practices before because that's the only way I could imagine he can do it. But he just does them so smoothly. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like, if I was a sponsor, I'd be pretty happy with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think he does a really good job. And, and I mean, uh, you know, and he's also got this, you know, nice way of obviously, you know, either he gets lent things or given things that they that sponsor them or or he just goes out and purchases the services or the thing himself. But he's always had to kind of able to add his own kind of personal touch to them. But I just find his ability to talk about these things and read his kind of sponsor script very smooth and um yeah like you say to jump from 
you know, hilarious stuff happening, you know, to, to being able to just smoothly read a sponsor ad is, is brilliant. So, um, yeah. uh, well done, Mike, if you're listening, uh, we, we salute you for that. I, I do try and uh, channel you at the end of our show when I gave <laughs> give away all our contact details. And no doubt I'm going to mess it up this time round just yeah, because no of pressure. the uh, the pressure that I've given myself. Right, anyway, third podcast, um, third and final recommendation of our tech special. And this one is something completely different. Um, this show is called Cyber which is uh, a podcast from Motherboard, which is a website which is an offshoot of Vice. So Vice, well-known media outlet, and Motherboard is their kind of tech um, offshoot Mm -hmm. um, that seems to quite often specialise in kind of hacking and um, illicit technology use, um, which doesn't surprise me coming from Vice, but it, it seems to kind of tip that way. And I think they do a really, really, really good job of it and i think cyber is is no exception to that it's a podcast that focuses in on different stories and um and i think you know in general it's just a really really nicely made show and the episode that i chose to recommend was the spyware sting operation um which is just the most incredible story crazy like, yeah it's like a novel in in podcast form like yeah. a a a kind of modern day spy novel in podcast form and it's really 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 good i think you know that all the podcasts uh that i've listened to so far at least have a very similar a fairly similar kind of format where they interview someone um so another one that i listened to which i really enjoyed was the one where they interviewed a pen tester that's someone who pen test is sort of a penetration tester and that's someone who like infiltrates server farms and stuff like that so they use kind of social engineering to kind of trick their way into a building it's not someone who tests like pens that you write with (laughs) um and that one's really good but this one just pipped it on story alone and i think they got very lucky here with just an incredible story but luckily i think it's one of those situations where being the the outlet that they are they're able to get the most out of the story because they have a knowledge of technology and the way it's used and the way it works within our culture that not every news or media outlet has and i think like had the bbc taken this story i don't think it'd sound half as good personally no um i'm sure there are people at the bbc who could do a great job of it i just think in general if i'd have read this on the bbc news magazine pages i probably wouldn't have found it half as interesting as hearing it in the context of it being a motherboard podcast episode. So, yeah, I mean, this one was really about the story for me. Um, and like I say, this podcast is one that's still relatively new to me. I only picked it up a couple of months ago. So I'm still kind of finding my way with it and um, working out if it'll stick. But if there are more episodes like this, I can't see why it won't. Jack, what did you think? Yeah, well, um, I think we should probably start as well by saying, kind of giving an outline of that story because it's, very much i yeah. mean at the time we're recording it anyway it probably won't be so true by the time this comes out maybe it will but very pertinent to the the current news agenda which is i mean I, i'm probably going to fluff this because I, I listened to it once and then read back through the story as well but so it's a company called citizen lab yeah uh who identified that the journalist uh, jamal Khashoggi had his phone bugged and once that information was publicized to certain people they started getting a lot of very strange requests that made them think that perhaps people were trying to lock on to what they were doing and to affiliate them with them with some bad stuff and discredit the work that they're doing at citizen lab and it's basically a story about how they turn the tables on someone who's trying to basically prey on them as a company I mean, it's honestly, it's the kind of story that I've only really seen enacted in films, like fictional films. Mm. Like, I've never heard something like this recounted in this level of detail where it's actually happened. And, you know, credit to them for getting the interviewees that they did for this one. So they speak to the guy who actually went and met one of these people who were trying to, you know, track him down and sort of try to play them at their own game. So you get his perspective of the story as they try and sort of act like the prey, but also the predator at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you also get as well the account of someone who works for Associated Press, who um, were sort of in collaboration with the chap at Citizen Lab. And 
Yeah, as you say, the story was amazing. And I think particularly as it reaches the point where they all meet in a restaurant together, I mean, that is like the climax of a film. One thing I will say about this podcast, and to be honest, it's something that often frustrates me with the Vice suite of podcasts, which is I'm always so interested to read the descriptions of the shows because I think they pick some really interesting topics on which to base their podcasts. But... Mm. The execution for me always just I come out of it wishing that certain things were different and I think for this one they have the two interviews and they play one after the other and by the time the interview with the guy from Associated Press comes up he starts recounting a lot of details basically from the start and we start retreading over old ground with granted a different perspective because it's you know his point of view but It feels like something that could have worked so much better if they basically had both interviews alongside each other and kind of chopped back and forth between them and painted this in a in a you know a a chronological way as it approached that climax in the restaurant because Mm. by the time you kind of reach the restaurant again in the second interview you're kind of like yeah i know i know (laughs) i know we i know we came here and it sort of just uh, i think just softens the blow a bit i i listened to another one as well um, which was about PewDiePie. Have right, you yeah. listened to this one? I haven't listened to it, but I am aware of the PewDiePie story yeah. and narrative. So, yeah, it's basically a hacker who, in order to try and support PewDiePie and get him more subscribers, hacked 50,000 printers and made them print out a bit of paper that said subscribe to PewDiePie's <laughs> YouTube videos, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> which is amazing. And then uh, hacked a load of uh, Google Chromecasts. So they just started playing PewDiePie's videos all yep. of a sudden and obviously yep. thought he was doing something to sort of abet the, you know, subscriber base of, you know, PewDiePie, who is, for people who don't know, like a super famous YouTuber that actually yeah. ended up getting the uh, PewDiePie community a bit riled up but again that one again such an interesting story and the way they did it was to have a staff writer at vice come in and they just had a discussion and talk the story through which i think is fine but the discussion itself i felt like rambled a bit and i just want more i think from the execution of a lot of these vice shows they did Mm. another one called yeah but it's not as simple as that which is about unpicking complicated questions around society and life and and the production was it was a really quiet show as in they didn't seem to have have mastered it or you know uh, increased the volume to the correct level so there's just a a few bits that i I wish for you know for an institution like vice which is probably i'd say probably like about you know the equivalent if not bigger than vox who have such an incredibly impressive podcast suite i feel like that they should be able to do more with their audio content but yeah so, so i did really enjoy it i just i left wanting a little bit with vice's podcasts i find yeah i know exactly what you mean um and i think it's definitely one you listen to for the story and not the telling of the story right you've got to find the content interesting enough that you can look past a perhaps not entirely polished product in a certain way yeah and I, i think i think you can get i think you can get away with that so long as your story's good and luckily, all the ones I've listened to are good. Yes. I really actually enjoyed hearing this story told from two different perspectives in linear order, um, okay. personally, because I, I felt like I understood it better the second time round, hearing it from that different angle. It's kind of like, do you remember the film Cloverfield? <laughs> yes. And, and, the, and the sequel was supposed to be the exact same sequence of events, but from a different person in the city's perspective yes and i'd have found that certain the idea being that you know a a little bit more of the mystery would be revealed and i'd have found that so interesting than what they actually did was to buy a script for a different film and loosely tie it into cloverfield towards the end yeah it's weird um yeah really weird and then the third one's even weirder but that's that's another story for another day um i but i i personally found that really good but like i think like you say it might not have necessarily been deliberate and um that that you know depending on which way you look at it is is perhaps an issue yeah i don't know i i just i really really enjoyed the story so much that i kind of looked past it um i need to point out my especially favorite bit of this story which is towards the end where they kind of um 
unveil themselves to this spy and you've got the the ap reporter and the cameraman standing there and the other guy's got his phone out and he's filming him and this guy tries to leave the restaurant but he's quickly ushered back in because he hasn't paid the bill (laughs) and they're like trying to get the card machine and all the rest of it and he's like walking around the restaurant trying to avoid them like in this kind of like johnny english type scene which is hilarious because it sounds like this guy is like from wherever he's from he's like ex-special forces or ex-department of defense so you'd hope that he'd have worked this out but (laughs) he clearly hasn't or at least he thought that it was going to be okay and it clearly wasn't and i love that i loved because actually this story is quite not tense as such but it is quite a thriller the whole way through and then there's this lovely bit of comic relief at the end where they talk about this guy trying to leave and then realize he hasn't paid his bill yeah and it's just so funny and i love that ending the other bit i found really interesting was the ap reporter and the cameraman sitting in this restaurant realizing they haven't really got enough money to be in the restaurant and eating like one plate of food between them yeah like he sounded genuinely stressed about the fact that they had 70 dollars and they were like and we try to make it last for the whole meal like that was their big while the guy's trying to you know not reveal himself and not blow his own cover yeah. their big challenge was to just string out their budget as much as they could it was really and, good. and the fact that one of their photographers is outside and she's texting this ap reporter going on board like what's going on in there kind of thing um <laughs> yeah that insight see is really interesting that is why it's nice to have both perspectives there you get those little incidental details which just color in bits of the picture you wouldn't get otherwise which is cool yeah but i think this is a a good example of a podcast that is at the other end of things and perhaps this is why we can also forgive it for not being as polished as perhaps some of the relay shows we discussed towards the beginning of this episode which is that this is definitely falls on the other side of the spectrum of podcasts which is a podcast that creates the news agenda and tells a story that do you know obviously it was told in the you know on the associated press website but I didn't know about it until I'd listened to this podcast. So it introduces this whole world that I wasn't aware of. So it's more concerned with producing and creating news than uh, reporting on existing news. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I still think there's more to come from Vice. I think they're going to have some kind of revamp at some point and really get their podcasting game on. Yeah, I feel like it's early days for them. I mean, uh, yeah. I it's it's still to me, like I say, like a podcast I haven't listened to a lot of, and I don't think there are that many, are there? There are like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I'm sorry, everyone, that was really boring. Me just counting. <laughs> there are only eleven episodes, so I think I think Cyber is a very relatively new podcast, and yeah. Um, yeah. I think you know, at least in terms of um, how it works, you know, as a as a show, like in terms of the subject matter, they've they've nailed it and i think they can only in terms of their output can only get better so yeah yeah it's an exciting one i've just realized their most recent one is called how hackers break into icloud locked phones which i find really interesting so yes that one sounded very the blurb for that one is really interesting yeah that'll be uh, in the car tomorrow then i think um yeah i think that's an interesting one and funnily enough just for being current literally as we are recording i've just got an email saying that my uh email address and password was part of a data breach of uh, my fitness pal accounts no so, way um, that's so tied together go. a couple of episodes uh, that we've talked about today yeah. isn't it <laughs> how about that how about that so thanks to whoever did that um Oh, and no. you know sorry to the other 144 million people who uh, had the same problem that i've got right now i need oh, to go and change my God. password on that soon use a password manager everyone that's my uh, pro tech tip of the episode lovely um yeah well i think that just about covers us in terms of discussing recommendations having now listened to um a whole range of tech podcasts jack has your opinions on them changed Has your kind of propensity to listen to them changed do you think or are you quite happy staying on the peripheries of the technology world yeah i'm fine mate no i think <laughs> it, it, it was do you know what it's really interesting and i really love doing these specials because it is an opportunity where you know we've done this a couple of times recently where one of us will listen to more of a certain type of podcast than the other and i mean it's basically also ties into the premise of the show but it's it's just also a really great opportunity to find out what else is going on outside of your sphere of interest and, and what kind of podcasts are bubbling up and how they're going about it and and also as well to just i think indulge within a topic that you don't particularly have like a primary interest in 
but to just enjoy the company of people who are utterly enthused by the subject. And that is why, actually, I always look forward to listening to Relay FM stuff. And this is what this special has reminded me, actually, is that, I mean, Relay FM, like, knock it out of the park, I think. Uh, it's definitely made me want to dive back into Cortex, I think. So, yeah, it's it's been enjoyable, Freds. I, I don't think I'm going to induct any more you know new podcasts into my feed but appreciate it nonetheless it's been nice oh, i'm I'm glad i should say as well a uh, runner-up for um this episode in terms of shows that i wanted to talk about but for reasons that will become clear i i, I didn't include is another um really fm show called connected which is uh, Mike Hurley, um, Stephen Hackett, and uh, Federico Vitici, who is the editor of MacStories.net, yep. uh, generally talking about Apple stuff as well. And they are incredibly interesting to have together. For a start, you know, Stephen's American, Mike's English, and um, Federico is, is Italian. So, like, for st- you've got these amazing set of accents and uh, dialects going on, which is fantastic. It makes for such a great listen. But secondly, it is a genuinely entertaining show, very funny at times. Um, it has a slightly more kind of um, in jokey kind of way i'd say i wouldn't say it's full of in jokes they don't just sit there cracking jokes that no one else understands the whole time but you if you listen to it for a long time i think it's even more rewarding than if you come in fresh but it's a very very good show and um yeah it kind of sits alongside upgrade for me as one of those shows that i just really enjoy listening to from time to time so i should mention that as well but if you have been listening and like i say have been screaming at your dashboard or at your computer at work and scaring your colleagues because you're annoyed that i haven't mentioned mentioned a podcast that i definitely should have mentioned when talking about tech um please do let me know in the most polite way you possibly can uh we are um on twitter we're at episode underscore party um so you can tweet us there or you can email us hello at episode dot party and um if you're new to technology podcasts like jack is and you want to find out more about any of the shows we've mentioned you can go to www.episode.party where you'll find our show notes with links to all of the shows we've talked about on this episode nice i should say as well if you have an idea for a special where you're like i really want to know what podcasts exist within this particular subject matter and we haven't talked about it yet then let us know as well because you know we'll see what we can do indeed well jack thanks very much for uh, indulging me in the world of technology podcasts not at all uh, and uh thanks everyone for indulging us in about 50 minutes worth of listening here um we'll be back in uh, a fortnight from now with some more podcast goodness for you thanks very much goodbye bye hey everyone freddie here If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. (laughs) 